Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, everyone. It is Troy Dooley here, the host of the Beachside CEO. This is a beautiful Friday down here in Destin, Florida. And I tell you what, uh, when I actually look at life in general, I think of success, which is what we're talking about today, I, I realize that, you know, every day that you can actually wake up, you can you can see what God has done when you can you can walk out there, you can pick up a paper like me this morning and go drink coffee, watch the dolphins jumping in the harbor, whatever it is. That really is a day to say, Man, I have I have been I've just been successful. I've been I should be thankful for where I'm at and what I'm doing. And sometimes we don't see that. I see all the torment going on in the Mid East right now. We lost four good men over there fighting for their idealisms, trying to help a a culture and a population that, at least in some cases, didn't want their help. And I think about America, and I think, how many people here don't want our help? You know, it's it's different countries, different things, but we really, human nature is the same. It doesn't matter what culture you're from. Some people want something for nothing. Some people are willing to work for it. Some people are willing to fight for what they believe in. What are you willing to do to reach the success that you want, no matter what area it is in your life? That's what you got to ask yourself. I was on the phone this morning with a good friend of mine, and that's what he's doing. He's he's weighing out his his options for life. What's he want to do? Where he wants to go? I think we all need to do that. We're in a book, a great book. I think it's ten fifteen bucks. You can go buy it. It's called John C. Maxwell's Success One Hundred and One: What Every Leader Needs to Know. And we're in Chapter Four today. How to get started. I mean, have you have you have you thought about that any? Are you ready to get started? Are you already started? Are you moving forward in what you see as success? And if not, why not? Have you just been waiting, saying, "Well, you know, when tomorrow comes, I'm going to get on the journey." And if for whatever reason, when tomorrow gets here, it's yesterday or it's tomorrow again, and we never live in the present. John wrote this, the first step towards success is leading yourself exceptionally well. The first step towards success is leading yourself exceptionally well. It's a very powerful phrase. John wrote a book, Developing the Leadership Within You, or actually Developing the Leader Within You. I strongly suggest you buy that book. See, have you ever worked with people who didn't lead themselves well? I mean, you could tell, man, they are just a clustered mess. They, they're not trying. They don't even care. See, we often think of self-leadership, that, it, that it's about just making decisions, when the reality is we need to make a few critical decisions in major areas of our life. And then we need to manage those decisions day by day. Small decision. I've told you all, my pappy told me, right, three or four. Three to five things down on a, on a three-by-five card. I not only did that, I wrote the key areas in my life that I want to focus on daily. See, most people don't even realize, what, where, what do I need to focus on? What is most important for me to make sure that I'm doing things right? How can I, how can I control others? How can I lead others? How can I manage others if I'm not managing myself well? 
I have five major areas after reading everything John Maxwell has ever written that I focus on daily. Number one is my relationships. And I ask myself, have I deepened my relationship with God? That's important to me. And I say, how have I done that? Have I deepened my relationship with Paige, who's my wife, and how have I done that? Have I deepened my relationships with my kids, and how have I done that? My second major area is my character. Have I developed my character today, and how? Number three is my attitude. Have I chosen the right attitude in spite of what happened to me today, and how did I do that? My values. This is a tough one. Have I lived out my values before others today, and how? And lastly, but I think just as important as the first four, have I, is my growth. Have I done things that will increase my potential today? And what were those? See, if we focus, and, and, and trust me, yours are going to be different than mine, but those are the five areas of my life that I focus on. Everything I do revolves around those, and I screw it up daily. But I never stop moving forward on the journey to success. I'm always constantly trying to manage myself, to lead myself, to control myself before I try to do anything with others. I think that's the most important move. See, making a decision to do that isn't that hard, but man, managing the decision and following through is much more difficult. Napoleon Hill said, just write it down on paper. Look at it in the morning, look at it at night. Well, you need to do that, but you also need to be journaling about it. How have I grown? What have I grown? What did I read today? What did I do today? What did I say today that helped me in my areas of life? That's how we know if we're moving in the right direction. It's important. It's funny. John shares a little story that I thought made a lot of sense. He says, Let's say, for example, that you sign up for a health club membership the first week of January. When you sign on, you're excited, but the first time you show up at the gym, there's a mob of people. There's so many people that there's police there directing traffic. You drive around for 15 minutes and finally find a parking spot four blocks away. But that's okay, because you're there to exercise so the walk is good for you. Then when you get inside the building, you have to wait to even get into the locker room to change. But you think, that's okay. I want to get in shape. This is going to be great. You think that until you finally get dressed and discover all the machines are being used. And once again, you have to wait. Finally, though, you get on the machine. It's not the one you wanted, but hey, you'll take it. And you exercise for 20 minutes. When you see the, the line for the showers, you decide to skip it, take your clothes, and just change at home. On your way out, you see the manager of the club, and you decide to complain. Man, this is crowded. This is what, what I paid for. She just smiles real big, says, hey, don't you worry about it. You come back in three weeks, and you can have the closest parking spot, your choice of machines, because by then, 98% of the people who signed up will have dropped out. See, so many times this is what it is. We get 
I don't know, upwards to 45,000 people a month that listen to the radio shows. But I bet you less than 5% actually take what the authors have said that we're covering and apply them to their life. When I look back at my life, now look at, from my earliest memories, some of them I wish I didn't have. But I remember growing up in a, in a little bitty, I don't know, probably five, six hundred square foot house. I remember my mom and dad, you know, chasing their dreams. And and one day they told us we were going to build our dream home, and we got to move into the dream home that they had built. It was awesome. I had my own bedroom. My brother had his own bedroom. We had a garage. It was kind of cool. Went to great schools, lived on a great street, had weird neighbors that were kind of cool too. Then I got married. We lived in a 900-square-foot home, but we started chasing our dreams. And it wasn't too long in our, to our marriage that we were able to move to our dream location in the panhandle of Florida on a barrier island in a, in a home that was twice the size of what we'd just moved from. And, and now we've built onto that, and it's, it's bigger still. And we got a pool in the backyard, and we're a block off the beach, and we evacuate for hurricanes and all that stuff. And we got to live that dream, but it all came by chasing our dreams, working hard, making those daily decisions, and realizing that even when you chase your dreams and you get what you want, that it's not going to be utopia, that you're going to have to continue to work. My parents went on and sold their dream home and moved to their dream location in Buena Vista, Colorado, and enjoyed a great life there, and then they moved to the beach and enjoyed an adventurous life with us and then moved back home. And they're still doing the things that they've decided they want to do and they're part of the world and they're part of life. See, everybody gets to do this when you manage yourself well. When you realize that the majority of people will stop. Art Williams always said this, and I just loved it. I still have this today. 50% of the people will always drop out. So all you got to do is continue to work when the other 50% drop out. He said the next 40% won't want to work hard. They won't want it bad enough. They won't want it to, to get it like you do. He said, so you'll be able to beat them, no, hands down. He said, but that last 10%, that's going to be a dogfight because they want it just as bad as you do. And he's absolutely correct. So you need to be looking at the top 10%, not the lower 90%. You got to realize you're going to you're going to run with the big dogs. And if you want to run with the big dogs, then you need to do what they do. And you need to go buy John Maxwell's book Success 101. See, successful people learn that they have to self-manage themselves. You can't lead others until you can manage yourself. And I want you to to write down some things cuz I'm going to give you some things today that I think are important. It's things that are going to help you. It's going to be seven different things in the last 18 minutes of the show that I want you to think about. Number one, you've got to manage your emotions. I have people on my blog that will write, Troy, you know, what, what do you actually polish your Teflon skin with? I mean, people say some pretty atrocious things. And I just snicker. Because it's not that I have Teflon skin, per se. And when people say, Troy, we'd love to be able to do it like you do and not get emotionally attached to what people are saying about us. And it's like, no, you don't. 
Because for you to be like that, you've got to live the life I've led. Which means you have got to have been called everything under the sun by the people you love the most. And realize, man, I can't take that personal. The odds are they don't even, won't even remember it tomorrow morning. I'm just going to cruise on down the road. It means you've got to walk through what I've seen and seen the amount of hurt that I've seen of other people and realize I never want to get into that position. You've got to live by a creed that says until they nail me on a cross like they did Jesus, i got no room to gripe, moan, or complain. And most people don't want to do that either. So you've got to manage your emotion. It's important that every one of us manage our emotion. Nobody likes to spend time, let's admit it, around an emotional time bomb that may go off at any moment. When you look at leaders and other successful people, they know when to display emotions and when to delay them. Sometimes they show them to their teammates so that the teammates can feel what they're feeling. It stirs them up. Some people say, well, is that manipulative? No. You want them to buy into your vision, buy into your dream. Can it be manipulative? Absolutely. We see that in cult leaders. We see that sometimes in televangelists that want to raise funds on the TV. But most of the time it's not manipulative. At other times, leaders have to hold their feelings in. General Tommy Frakes in his book American Soldier wrote about a, a devastating incident that occurred in Vietnam when he was just a junior officer. And it's interesting, as he shared this, he said, I studied Eric Antilly's eyes. I knew he was gripped with anguish, but he would never let it show. We were at war. He was commanding troops in combat, and his quiet resolve in meeting this catastrophic situation gave us strength. In an hour, he would grieve, but now he stood rock solid. In war, it is necessary that commanders be able to delay their emotions until they can afford them. You know, parents are that way. Parents sometimes delay their emotions for decades. They never share. They never let on that they're hurt that they're devastated until their kids are grown and away from home. At other times, kids do that. Sometimes wives or husbands do that. A lot of times, business people do that. Here's the thing. You've got to know when to hold your emotions in and when not to. What you've got to realize is what does the team need, not what will make me feel better. See, that's the key. Second thing is you got to manage your time. I have people all the time, Troy, I don't know how you get so much stuff done. And some days I think, man, I don't feel like i got anything done. But what happens is I don't run on a time clock, and that helps. <laughs> Excuse me. No matter what, I'm up at 6 o'clock in the morning. And I'm not talking about 6 o'clock in the morning Central Standard Time. I do that every day. But if I'm in Colorado, if I'm on Mountain Time, Guess what? I get up at 6 o'clock mountain time. If I'm on the East Coast, I'm up at 6 o'clock East Coast time. That's just the way it is. In October, we'll be at Catalyst. Dalton and I will get up between 5 and 
get there right before everybody else does usually, make sure everything's ready to go for the for the crew of about 300 that are going to come in that day to volunteer. And we will bust our butt till after 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night when everybody's gone getting ready for the next day. We're not by ourselves, so don't, don't, don't think we are. But you want to know why we do that? Because we have fun. We don't set in a clock. We just get up. We just That's just part of the ritual. See, this is the key here. Time management issues are tough. They're especially difficult for people who are neither at the top or bottom of an organization because they just live a mundane lifestyle. See, when you have a driving passion in your heart, things start to rock and roll in a gigantic way, in a way you never dreamed of. You want to know why? Because all of a sudden it's about something bigger than you and you don't have a problem managing your time. See, workers at the bottom usually just punch a clock. Hey, as long as I get there on time and I and I leave on time, I get paid this amount of money, I can go and do whatever I need to, I'm fine. They're just paid an hourly wage. They do what they can while they're on the clock and they stop no matter where the situation is. People in the middle who are trying to be successful are often expected to put long hours in to get the work done, and because of that, they need to manage their time well. See, most of us are in that middle part. We're trying to get it done. We're trying to cover as much ground as possible. And sometimes we just feel like we're on a treadmill. Psychiatrist and author M. Scott Peck said, and this is important, listen, until you value yourself, you won't value your time. Until you value your time, you will not do anything with it. I want to say that again because this is powerful. Until you value yourself, you won't value your time. And until you value your time, you will not do anything with it. Do you value yourself? I learned a long time ago that it's not about pleasing anybody else, well, except my Lord. It's about making sure that I can live with the life that I've chosen. When people say, Troy, how do you go sleep at night? I mean, you get all kinds of wackos out there. You wrote this. You caused my life to go upside down because of what I thought you said. It's like, yeah, but I know what I said, and I know where my heart is, and I know about the people that I love. I know I'm headed towards the success that I'm looking for in helping other people. You have to value yourself, and to value your time, if you don't value yourself, you never will. So if you're going to manage your time, you need to learn to love who you are. That does not mean that you're complacent. It means you constantly have to be be growing. But value yourself. Number three, manage your priorities. This is big. Most people are generalists. They know a lot about a lot of things. However, most successful individuals are highly focused. I've become that way. I've stopped trying to be a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Now I focus in on one thing. I'm going to create the best videos and the best editorials possible about any company that I can. And once I have that down, once I know that they're legit, once we know we can put that together, then we contact the company with some packages and say, hey, we would love to be part of your PR crew to really put together the true story behind your company. And I take pride in that. 
<clears throat> because we help so many people doing that. Plus, we report the news that comes in at any given basis and try to help educate and inform distributors and home business people what to do. See, 80% of the time, we need to be working where we're the strongest. 15% of the time, we need to work where we're learning. And 5% of the time, we need to work in other necessary areas. You don't see me a catalyst, although I think it would be kind of cool to be up on stage teaching or to be at the labs training. I get to be behind the scenes making sure that the experience is the best experience possible for anybody out there. And that just kicks butt. I love that. In other words, you've got to become a specialist, not a generalist. If you want to grow in your business, you better learn everything there is to learn about it. You want to grow in network marketing, you better learn everything there is to know about it. You want to be a comp plan expert, go learn everything you can about comp plans. The only way to make it happen. Jim Collins wrote this in his book, Good to Great. Most of us lead busy but undisciplined lives. We have ever expanding to do lists, trying to build momentum by doing, 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 doing more, and it rarely works. For those who build good to great companies, however, made as much as the stop doing lists as they did the to-do lists. They displayed a remarkable amount of discipline to unplug all kinds of crap in their life. No reason to do that. John writes it this way, You must be ruthless in your judgment of what you should not do. Just because you like doing something doesn't mean it should stay on your to-do list. If it is a strength, do it. If it helps you grow, do it. If your leaders say you must handle it personally, do it. Anything else is a anything else is a candidate for your stop doing list. Period. If you want to be successful, if you want to start today. Number 4, you got to manage your energy. That means you better doggone stay healthy. John wrote about that in Thinking for a Change because he shared a little bit about what happened to him. And how how in his life he had his heart attack. See, every day now I'm trying, well, I won't say every day, probably every other day, I'm riding my bike. Every day I'm taking glutathione, I'm taking curcumin, I'm taking all kinds of antioxidants, I'm working out, I'm watching what I eat, I'm studying a, a phenomenal book by a good friend of mine, Franco Cavallari, on the potential within to learn what I need to do with my body. You want to know why I'm doing this? Because I look at my dad. And I say, Dad, gummit, here's the toughest man I ever know, knew, but he didn't take care of his body the way he wished he would have later in life, so I'm starting sooner. I look at my wife and I think, man, she still looks like that hot 18-year-old. 22 when I married her, 16 when I first met her. I want I want to make sure that she doesn't fall out of love with me because I look like a fat doughboy in his 40s. You got to have your reason. You got to have that that passion. You got to stay with the energy. Now I also drink some Verve energy drink from Vima. That helps too, I think. But think about this. John writes this. It's called the ABC of energy drain. 
activity without direction, doing things that don't seem to matter. Burden without action, not being able to do things that really matter. (laughs) I love that. Conflict without resolution, not being able to deal with what does matter. That drains us, man. That sucks when you think about it. None of us need that. Manage your energy. Get rid of the dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies around you. Focus. Now, that doesn't mean go divorce your spouse, by the way. Number five, manage your thinking. This is huge. Your mind will give back to you exactly what you put in it. The Bible says if you think it, you've already done it. So if you run around thinking, I'm a dull, negative, disillusioned crybaby, I'm never going to amount to anything, this success stuff is for other people, you're absolutely right. Dead on. And if you go around saying, you know what, I can be somebody. I'm going to make it in life. I'm going to change my part of the world. I know I can do this. Then you're right. Because your mind gives back to you exactly what you put into it. If you find that the pace of life is too demanding for you to stop and think during your workday, then get into the habit of jotting down the three to four things you need for good mental processing and planning. That's what my dad taught me. Write it on a three-by-five card, son. That way you can always refer back to it if you forgot what you were thinking. Most important, Well, it wasn't the most important. What he taught me about love and, and 1 Corinthians 13 was probably the most important thing that he ever taught me. This is a guy that, that, I mean, until just a few years ago, never told me he even loved me. But man, I remember that first time when he did. But here's the kicker. He always had me write down things, and that's so important. See, when we're thinking on the right stuff, when we're jotting down what's important, when we're moving forward, you know what happens? We develop a strategy. And something that I learned from Maxwell in Thinking for a Change is a minute of thinking is often more valuable than an hour of talk or unplanned work. That's huge. I'm buying myself a thinking chair. I know it probably sounds kind of weird, but I decided that I wanted a chair that was mine, that when I'm sitting in that chair, that's the chair I'm going to be thinking in, and I'm buying, it's a beautiful oak rocking chair. I'm getting it from from Crackle Barrel. It's going to have an American flag or the Marine Corps emblem in the back of it. I'm kind of excited about it. I wanted it for my anniversary and didn't get it. So I'm buying it for myself. Because I think that's important. The sixth thing you got to do is manage your words. John Wooten said, show me what you can do. Don't just tell me what you can do. Successful people value action. And if they're going to stop what they're doing long enough to listen, the words they have to hear need to have value. Make them count. Art Williams used to have people all the time, I'm going to be somebody. And Art would say, sounds good, but it's probably just talk. And he was so right. See, if you wish to make sure that your words carry weight, then weigh them well. The good news is that if you manage your thinking and take advantage of focused think time, you will probably see improvement in this area also. And number seven, manage your personal life. You know, something I remember reading a long time ago from Napoleon Hill. 
is that most men under the age of 40 never succeeded in his time period because they were out chasing tail all the time. What kind of nookie can we get? Let's get some more sex. Hot diggity dog. And they never succeeded in business till over the age of 40. Then I found out another interesting thing, that when men got divorced, usually their businesses crumbled. And then I looked in the 21st century and saw how many kids that had stopped focusing on sex and had started focusing on success, putting off marriage, putting off relationships to fulfill their passion. And I thought back to the Bible days, and I thought, man, we've kind of gotten back to the basics. What's it profit if you gain the top of the world, but you lose your family? Manage your personal life. Think about what you can leave for your grandkids so that you can influence the world. That's huge. Hey, folks, it's Friday. Next week I will be on the road again going around helping people, taking pictures. I'm going to have fun. Uh, Don't know if we're going to be able to get the show on next week. I'll be in Mountain Time, so we'll check it out. Uh, Tonight, be on Aces Radio Live, Jim Gill House. I think I'll be there. We'll be fiddle-farting around doing something. But remember, you have listened to the Beachside CEO on the Home Business Radio Network. Live life like it's an epic adventure. Stay dangerous and stay strong. And if you're in network marketing, then act like it.